Coach Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode number 81. Episode number 81, uh, we wrapped up in episode 80, Psalms 84. Uh, so if you haven't listened to, I think it was, we started in 77 or 76. If you haven't listened to those, uh, go back and listen to those. I, I thought it was, a, a, at least for me personally, I had such a good time working through that psalm. It was so, so helpful. So if you haven't listened to those episodes, uh, go back and listen to them. I think they'll be really, really helpful, challenging, encouraging for you. But today we make a transition. I'm excited about making a transition today. I hope uh, you are doing good during this time. Um, such an interesting time that we find ourselves in right now. I don't know about you, but a lot of times when I'm sitting out here, I'm trying to discern, God, what is it? What is it that you're trying to help us understand right now? Uh, in our culture, what's going on in our family, in our finances, all these different things. It seems like all of society kind of is going a little nuts and politically, uh, um, culturally, it just seems like a lot of division all around us. And sometimes it's just good to slow down, listen to the Lord. I need your help. Please guide me. So I hope your days lately are full of slowing down a little bit. Maybe just finding those moments in the midst of the news and the news and uh, updates. I mean, to, yesterday we got an update from our governor that, or uh, this week we got an update from our governor that, you know, they're shutting down places of worship again, and it's creating a lot of chaos and a lot of confusion. I think people are exhausted, and there's polarizing thoughts on either side. And and if we're not careful, we get caught up into all that. And if we remind ourselves that He has brought us a peace that will pass all understanding. And we won't have that unless we slow down, remind ourselves who we are. And, and so a lot of what this podcast is trying to do um, is comes out of my own personal life is slowing down. So I don't just react um, to what is happening, to what people are saying, you know, and how they're saying I'm doing or what the place I work is doing, or I have to slow down. God, what is it that you're telling me to do? Who are you telling me I am? And what are you asking me to do? And, um, so anyway, just a little encouragement as you kind of figure out what it means to live in these days and move forward. Uh, just want to say once again, thanks a ton for those of you who are listening and sharing and subscribing. It's really, really helpful. And then for those of you who are joining in with our Patreon page, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com from, uh, forward slash front porch confessional. Thank you for hopping on there. Uh, you can make a small donation, five bucks a month. Uh, it just really helps as I continue to move this podcast forward and plan and write and all those other things. It's just really encouraging to me. So thanks a ton for being a part of that. The passage for today is Ephesians 2, 19 through 21. And just as a side note, if you've never read through the book of Ephesians, mind-blowing. It is so good. This is one of those books you want to slow down and, you know, like a, like a cow eating, getting all the nutrients out of the cud, like you want to do this with Ephesians. Slow down. So in Ephesians 2, we come in verses 19 through 21, but all of Ephesians is amazing. Um, and we come into verses 19 through 21. It says this, so then 
you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Uh, as I was processing through this passage, it reminded me uh, of this moment, my very first time in India. Very first time in India was just an overwhelming experience, as you can imagine. I hadn't traveled internationally for about 10 years. And so this is kind of my first re-entry back into, if you will, uh, with a missions organization or the missions field or whatever you want to say. It was a short-term mission trip, so it wasn't like I was a missionary. Uh, But jumping back into kind of cross-cultural ministry in some way. So I go there and I am asked to uh, lead a pastor's conference of 800 Indian pastors unbelievably humbling, unbelievably humbling. Uh, It was a life-shaping trip for me. That trip literally changed the trajectory of the next uh, decade of my life and continues to do so. Um, But I remember being there. And um, so the first few times I'm there, you know, I'm sitting down. Like if you could see me right now, I'm sitting on my front porch. I, I have my left leg crossed over my right leg. And that's a posture that's really, really comfortable for me. And so I'm in India, have my legs crossed. I get up and I'm just not really relating with anybody. It doesn't seem like they're really connecting and I'm preaching my guts out. You know, I'm, I'm really going after it and they're not connecting. And I'm like, what's going on? And, you know, culturally, it's not... Uh, in Indian culture, they're not going to criticize you off the bat. But uh, so I did that the next morning. And again, I'm sitting down in my chair, my right legs crossed over, I get up to speak, and I wasn't connecting. So finally, I pulled Suresh, who's the president of Harvest India side. And I was like, man, what, what's going on? And he said, my friend, your legs, it's disrespectful in Indian culture to cross your legs. I said, really? And he said, yeah, it's just kind of a sign of uh, kind of a hubris, like a kind of pompous, like, look at me, like I'm more important. And I had no idea. I had no idea I was offending them. I I didn't know, you know, I was new to this culture. I I was new to the way they did things. We have friends who, uh, some of our our closest friends, our greatest friends are Egyptian. And they said in Egyptian culture, if you cross your legs and you, you aim your shoe, the bottom of your shoe towards somebody, it's highly offensive. It's almost like you're saying, you know, like this, this dirty shoe is, is, is towards you. And that's how I view you. And so it's really offensive. We, I had no idea. I didn't know. So I started being very conscientious of making sure my legs weren't crossed. Um, and what this started making me think about was in that moment, I felt like I don't belong. You know, I don't understand this culture. I don't understand. Like, Crossing your legs is such a natural, normal thing here. Nobody finds it offensive, but yet over in India, it's, I was out of place. I didn't belong. And so it started making me think in the context of this passage, have you ever felt like you didn't belong? Have you ever felt like you didn't belong? Was there a place or a memory that you have where you felt like, I just don't belong? You know, I I think one of the things I've observed uh, in my 
40 years, 40, honestly, 42. I think my wife told me I'm 43 this year. I thought I was 42. But anyway, I think I'm 43. In my 43 years of life, um, one of the things that I've observed over the years is, um, is that church many times tends to be a place where people feel this way. That they walk in and they feel like they don't belong. I, uh, I was talking to this guy. He's, be, he's become a really good friend of mine. Um, Jimmy. What's up, Jimmy? Shout out. Um, and I was talking to Jimmy, and, and Jimmy was telling me that, um, you know, Jimmy's all tatted up. He's a rocker. I mean, he was in, he's been in a rock band for a decade and a half. You know, he's been going after it, maybe two decades. And he's, he was talking about how he remembers walking into our church. And um, I love our church. Um, this is no dog on our church. But uh, he talks about walking into our church, and he remembers said he just remembers that, that there were stairs of people, or at least that's how he felt. And he just said, I just felt like it didn't belong. Like he said, I just felt like I wanted to run away because it didn't feel like, quote, unquote, it was my crowd. And it, he said, I just felt like it, it felt like people were saying to me, you don't belong here. You know, like he felt that. And whether that was true or just a feeling that he had, that was like a real thing. Like, he didn't belong here. Ironically, he became a huge part of our hillside family, and we loved him and cared for him, walk alongside of him. He was a part of Rooted, which is kind of like our one of our uh, experiences that people, a 10-week experience that people go in to build community. It's a really awesome thing. But Jimmy transitioned into really learning how he could be a part of that community. But when he walked in, he didn't feel, feel like he belonged. This is what Paul is trying to address in this passage. He's saying something's changed. What's changed is Jesus has died and rose again. People have committed to follow after him, this church. You know, we see this in Acts 2, right? In Acts 2, the Holy Spirit comes, uh, Peter speaks, 3,000 people come to faith. And, but as a result of that, they don't necessarily fit uh, anymore in that culture because they have been changed. They're different. Jesus and his death and his resurrection and the spirit that leads them now defines them. They are the temple of God. They don't go to a temple anymore, which that's weird. And so he's speaking to new believers who are both Jew and Gentile who are feeling like we don't belong anymore. We don't belong anymore. If you uh, used to feel uh, comfortable as a result of cultural norms, right? Jesus is trying to redefine this. This is what's happening in this passage. If there's ever a moment where you started feeling like, I, just, I don't get it, man. I made a commitment to fall after Jesus and, or, or, or I'm trying to make a life change, but something doesn't fit. It doesn't feel right. Jesus is trying to, re maybe even in friendships, right? Sometimes this happens in friendships, like there's a commitment that follow after Jesus and you now are aware that, that your ethics, your words, your lifestyle matters. And you're starting to go, what do I do with this? And Jesus is redefining this for us. And what I love about this passage is that the family language here is so beautiful. And here's what I would love for you to grab on right now. It's this. You are a part of a family. Those of you who have confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior are a part of a family. As a result of, of Jesus's death and resurrection, you are a family. You have a legacy. You have a legacy filled with saints in it. 
a legacy that Jesus is a part of. And he is what our family is built on. He is the cornerstone. The cornerstone is this part of the structure that if you were to remove it, the whole thing falls apart. And, and Paul is trying to say something significant has changed. You used to think it was about this. You used to think it about it was your name. You used to think it was about your lineage. You used to think about it was maybe your uh, uh, job position, your social standing. Like you used to think about all those things. What Those were the things that defined you. Jesus has changed every, everything. And here's a, a, an even, I mean, deeper thing as we dig into it. Like, you know, our earthly families can be a mixed bag. And I, I can't imagine um, what kind of pain you've been through in your family. Maybe some hurts and some pains as you have lived your life and you've gone through things. And I could say to you this, I'm, I'm a Goki. And my household is the Gokis. But Paul is saying that's not necessarily true. It's not false, but it's not necessarily true. Yes, that's your family name. But it's secondary to the family of Christ you've been invited into. That's what should truly define you. This is a beautiful, beautiful picture of the body, the family of God. That in the spaces and places that you find yourself in, where you feel rejected, you feel like no one gets you, you have been redefined as a son and daughter of the Most High God who has a lineage of saints and Jesus, our Savior, as a part of that. And He is the cornerstone. And here's the great truth for those of you who have had a tattered past with your family. That's not your truest identity. Some of you who have been through abuse with your family, some of your families have been through horrible divorces. That's not the truest identity. Your namesake is not your truest identity who you are as a family member of the Most High God and Jesus' death and His resurrection define who you are now. You are a son or a daughter of the Most High God and you are a part of the family of God. We, the family of God, check this out, we need to start living like our identity is in Christ and that it defines us and that all the divisions that our culture has all around it does not define us. What we see in our culture right now, whether you're left politically or right politically, whether you believe that uh, we're supposed to re-enter or not re-enter, all the other divisive issues that we can pull out, all the racial issues that are happening right now, what truly defines us is that we are God's if we are committed to follow Jesus. And that redefines the way we see the world and our place in it. When we live into our family rights as Christians, we honor the sacrifice of Christ. I love that. 
So the question I have is this, how can you live different as a result of finding your family identity in Christ? Father God, you are our home. And it's in you that we find rest. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to redefine our family identity. Give us the humility to live in and out of our truest identity, which is found in your son Jesus, our cornerstone. So take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is near to you in your own heartbeat. Until next time.